this is the Fearless Fathers Podcast, a podcast for you, the fathers who suffer in silence every single day. Come with us as we hit those main topics that are just burning through your soul. It's going to get uncomfortable, it's going to be fun, and together we will become fearless. Hey guys, welcome again to the Fearless Fathers Podcast. It's Thursday, our normal interview day. Like we talked about on Monday before we hit up this episode, we were interviewing Evan Nimke of Viral Dads. The first part of this interview was him being a stay-at-home dad, his loves, his fears, his successes, all of that stuff. If you haven't had a chance to check out that portion, go ahead, check that out. Ton of great information in there. Today, we're hitting on why he started Viral Dads, his clothing line, his self-published book, so much more about him being a dadpreneur. You don't want to miss any of this fantastic value, so sit back and enjoy the episode, guys. We're going to leave off that stay-at-home dad portion here. We're going to move on a little bit. Evan, what would you say is the wisest thing you've ever heard anybody say that resonated with you the most? Another question, man. It's hard to pick just one. I'm a big quotes guy. I like inspirational speeches and podcasts and YouTube videos. So I'm just going to go with something recently that I saw from a new documentary called Dads. (laughs) Pretty fitting for the show. Uh, it's on Apple TV. It's produced by Ron Howard's daughter. Very well done. They interview dads of all different walks of life, but they also mix in celebrities and big figures to share their insights on fatherhood and what it means. And it ends with Will Smith talking about fathers are the master gardeners and a good gardener, they they plant their seed and they grow it to what it's meant to be. And I just love that. I think about how many, they don't plant it and expect it to be something it's not. They take care of it and they nurture it to what it's supposed to be. And I think a lot of parents raise kids to who they want to be, or they get lost in what they wish their life would have been, or they want to make sure in small talk that they can tell their friends, their kids going to the best university. And all they're doing is just projecting a life that makes them look good onto their kids. So your job is just to raise your kid to be the best version of themselves. And that might be completely different than what you had in mind. And it might be completely different than yourself. And don't plant the seed. Hope it's a lemon tree because you like lemonade and then get mad at it when it's an apple tree. <laughs> mm, yeah. Grow the best yeah. damn apple tree you can. Enjoy some delicious apples. That's such a great analogy. Like I, I resonate with that so much because you hear that all the time, but I always hear it in different senses. You're right. We all either want to live vicariously through our kid. We weren't the star athlete, so we want to make sure our kid could join the NFL or the NBA, or we failed at this, and we want to make sure our kids will do that because that's what we want. We as parents, I say, you know, we, we as dads, we as parents, we project what we want for our kids, and we have this picture perfect life that says if we take these steps, we're going to grow our kids to be exactly what we want them to be. And we get lost in the sight of, what the child wants, what your kid wants to be, what they're good at. Maybe your kid's not a star athlete. Maybe they're a fantastic artist. Mm-hmm. Double down on what works. Don't work on the weaknesses. Double down on the strengths. Build the strengths up. We get so lost in the, oh, well, we can't talk about our strengths. That That's selfish. You have to work on your weaknesses to get stronger. I would rather dominate in two or three different things than be mediocre in 17 different things. Agreed. I don't know about anybody else, but that that's how I feel. And I was so, so used 
to working on all my weaknesses, forgetting about my strengths, and not growing my strengths because everything had to be on an even playing field. Screw that. (laughs) Get rid of what's not working, double down on the stuff that does work, and watch things explode. If your kid's not a star athlete, don't push them into sports if they don't want it. Let them flourish in art, creativity, math, sciences, whatever it is. Support that, grow that, and nurture it. And you're going to see the best damn versions of your kids when they get older. And that's something that you can come back and say, I'm proud of that because that's what my kid built. And I help support that along the way. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a parallel to or just another thing that comes to mind when I hear you talking. But I also think it's wildly important that you 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 have a shared interest in some things. And yes. I think there's a big difference between I like basketball, so I'm going to force my kid to play. I mean, I'm talking about myself. I love basketball. I play basketball. Right. Life. I believe it's a great sport. I hope my kids play it because it's awesome and there's a lot of good I believe can come from it. I'll never force them to, but like I'm going to expose them to it. And I like shooting hoops with them. And I put a hoop in our driveway because I enjoy spending. And you know what? I think whatever... I think they'll enjoy whatever you enjoy what when they're this age, at least when they're this age, because it doesn't matter what that is most of the time. If they see you're finding joy in it and getting involved in it, they're right there with you. And that's what they want. They want that quality engagement and it doesn't matter they do. what it is. And it just happens to be a lot of fun when it clicks for both of you. And I'm reveling because my boys are very athletic. And it's been fun because we've played catch since they were babies and we've shot baskets and little tykes hoops. But I know it could be gone the next day. So I'm right. like, I'm reveling in it and I'm, I'm bringing out my old Legos because I love Legos and it's bringing me back to my childhood. And I'm on my hands and knees finding the little mini figures that I used to play with and sharing. And it's like, you can see them light up just because it's, it's a connection and that will change over time. But when they're young, when they're toddlers, Find something that you enjoy doing and, and welcome them into that world and talk them through it about what you love about it. And more often than not, they'll enjoy it too, just because they'll feed off that excitement. So they do. They, they feed off the excitement. They don't feed off the negativity of pushing them so hard at five or six years old to say, you're going to be, you're going to be the next LeBron. You're going to be the next Michael Jordan. You're going to go out at five in the morning. And you're going to do this all day. And all you're going to do is just suck that away from them. And I'm saying that, that that's a, a very big extreme, but it happens. It there, uh, uh, not to go on a tangent, but I, it just recalls a, a documentary. I think it was called The Pursuit of Greatness. And they were interviewing Wayne Gretzky about his childhood. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I go to these hockey camps and I, I get these moms and these dads asking me how many hours a day should, should my kid be out there practicing slap shots to be like you? And he just shakes his head and he's like, you've already got it wrong because he was out there till the sun went down because he loved it. Not because his mom and dad told him. He had an absolute right. fixation with the game and it filled his bucket and he loved every inch and minute of it. And then, you know, you get the, and I just love that because it's like, it's really on the kid. Like they're going to latch on to what excites them and you can expose right. them, you can introduce them. But at the end of the day, like to, to, to reach greatness, like I think that's inner, you know, that wasn't his dad throwing hockey pucks at him in a stick and say, figure this out, do it 10 hours a day. It was him inside as a kid, just loving it. And that's my hope. And what I pray for is my kids just fall in love with something. I don't care what it is, but if it's art, if it's music, if it's something I've never even heard of, but if they can just get lost in it and, 
you know, if, it, if it's good mentally and physically for them, I don't want them to get lost in, in video games, but I mean, Hey, we're right. at a time where that can even be a career and you can make a living off it, but nurture those passions, nurture those passions and become major careers. I love it. Nurture those fandoms at an early age. We had an interview way back with Mark Hallberg and he talked about another podcaster I met. Nurture those fandoms. Latch on to what you love and just resonate with your childhood and latch on to what they love. Even though it might be gone the next day, you're going to build that lasting relationship. What would you describe as your fathering failure and what did you really do to overcome that? It's a big one. No doubt about it. Um, I thought about my weaknesses. It's hard for me to think of things where I've failed, you know, at, at this stage and at, at, in this role, you don't want to give yourself any room to fail because failure right. means kids getting hurt, kids running in the street. I failed as my role to protect them from that. So I didn't have any instances where I was like, man, I failed. But I mean, I have a laundry list of weaknesses <laughs> and areas that I could improve on. <laughs> that I could talk about for hours. Um, but failures, I, I can't say any one failure, but I will say, I actually asked my wife, I don't know if she's still on the, the live chat or not, but uh, I struggle tremendously when routine changes. Um, some of the mm-hmm. hardest times I've had as a stay at home dad uh, were when, you know, we switched from bottles to solid or we went from two naps to one nap or when we went to one nap to no nap, you know, I said, yeah, it takes me like a couple of days to get re- you could, to get in that new groove. And she goes, no, it takes you like a month. <laughs> like, you, <laughs> it rocks your world. I scramble. I'm not my best because I'm just recalibrating. And mm-hmm. that's also the name of the game as a parent. You can't get too comfortable. It's one thing after the next. It's you get used to things being one way, and then they're they're. It's just another challenge thrown right at you. Um, so yeah, I mean, failure. I've had accidents, I've had boo-boos, haven't lost a kid, haven't had a kid. And that that's the win right there. Knock on that's the win right there. We're good on that front, but always trying to be better. I'm trying this has been a year where I've really dug deep personally uh to better myself and my mental health and myself, uh, you know, my health just overall. Um, because I know if I'm if I'm good, if I'm better, if I'm stronger, I'm gonna be better, stronger, healthier for my kids and you know, that's, that's a motivating factor for me to kind of not be afraid to seek help, not be afraid to, I've said it a couple of times in some posts, but share your struggle. I think it's tremendously important that people share their hardships because more often than not, somebody else is going through them. feels good to know you're not alone, but it also helps you alleviate that from festering inside of you and then boiling over and exploding, you know, on your spouse or your kids or yourself. Um, I think it's important to, to verbalize it and to talk it through. Suffering in silence. I, I say it all the time. There's so much that we could do just by saying what's on our minds. We keep everything bottled up so much that says, well, nobody's going to know what I feel. They're going to think I'm an idiot or they're going to think I'm weak. Yeah. And you might not even know it. Your best friend, might be going through the same shit you're going through right now and you have no idea. All you have to do is just say, hey man, I'm going through this and light bulbs will start going off. You're right. There's so much more in numbers and I said this recently on another uh, fathering podcast and I, I believe in something that I call the rule of 16, the one in 16 effect. 
And I forget where I got this from. It might have been some kind of thing from business or restaurants or whatever the case is. But essentially, the premise was for every one person that likes a product or likes a restaurant or something like that, they tell on average about 16 people. So I took that as a mental game of saying, okay, that's very attainable for the 7.6 billion people on this planet that if you're going through something, chances are on average, there's 16 other people going through the exact same thing you're going through, if not more. Mm -hmm. And by having that suffer in silence, all that does is that eat you away and you just feel so down on yourself and you start getting into those mental thinking traps of, well, I'm a failure to my kids because I can't be happy all the time or now I resent them or whatever the case is. There's so many different there's so many different things that go out there. But it's really understanding that you're not alone in this battle when it comes to being a father. We're told at a young age, these are what you need to do when you're a man and when you're an adult. But that world has changed. Yep. And the world continues to change after 20 years, 30 years, 10 years, much different than what it is today. And by staying on your toes and pivoting with the world and getting out of that other way of thinking, you can dominate so much stuff. Agree. I couldn't agree more. And the shame, you know, the downside of it is it is that way because of we're afraid that sounds weak. As men, yep. we're by default, we don't like to open up and say we screwed up. We don't like to say I can't figure this out. We don't like to say I'm struggling because men aren't supposed to be weak. Men are supposed to have it all figured right. out. We're supposed to be the provider, the protector. But I, I mean, I think you can be that, but you got it. You can't keep in your fears. You can't keep in your weaknesses. You can't keep in your struggles. Because I don't think that's healthy at all. And I think you can grow and become an even better person by sharing your struggle. And like you said, there's other people going through it. And that's a big driving force of why I created Viral Dads was I just, I truly, truly want to help dads feel less alone. You know, humor is the tone. I think that travels well, that's relatable. And in parenthood, laughter can be the best medicine sometimes after a batshit crazy day, you just need to laugh. <laughs> and, you know, when I get DMs from parents and dads who say, I was on the floor laughing and uh, today sucked, but like this meme had me rolling. I sent it to my, I mean, that just, that lights me up. That has helped me. You know, I've had, I followed dad, you know, meme makers early on and now there's thousands of them, but the ones early on, like I was so grateful for them because they helped me think and feel like I wasn't alone. And that like, wow, somebody else's kid asks for water a hundred times before they go to bed and somebody else can't keep up with the laundry and somebody else wants to just get in their car and, and <laughs> leave it all behind for a day, like pull their hair out. It's like, it's, it's refreshing. And I just, I hope I provide that feeling for others and I hope I inspire them to just be as actively engaged as a father as they can. Cause if you're not you're missing out. You are missing out. You're going to blink your eyes and that kid's going to be going off to college and you're going to look back and say, damn, I should have got home earlier. I should have done what I could to not miss out on those crucial, crucial, short, precious years of their life. I damn near cried just the other day. I was telling my wife, I couldn't believe that my kid was going to be two in September. I damn near cried. And it, it just made me think like, yeah, I'm building a podcast. Yeah, I'm building something that I truly love and I'm helping so many people. But then I find out myself, am I spending enough time with my kid? Am I being a good enough dad? Am I doing this? Th those thoughts still creep in. Oh, yeah. They do. I'm yeah. growing and I'm building every day. We all are. But I'm comfortable enough to say I'm doing everything I need to do. Even if it's 10 minutes a day on the floor with my kid, I'm doing it because Evan's right. 
the moment you blink, that kid's going off to college. They're gone. You're going to miss those moments, all the times that you were on the phone or just posting memes. But I also love my kids so much to know that I'm going to give him the best life possible. I'm going to give him the choices that's needed. And like what Evan did, just viral dads, something to get dads to say, I'm not alone in this battle. I, I love humor. I live through humor. And on the podcast, we try and take very serious subjects, but make it humorous because you learn so much through laughter. You could say the most outlandish thing, but you'll remember a weird message behind it that resonates so strongly. Mm. And that's how I've learned. That's how I've grown throughout my life is just by laughing and thinking me back to those memories. And then I fall down that trap of the good stuff that I remember through laughter. Being able to laugh through those, I absolutely agree. And I don't, I'm not a funny person. I mean, like, I don't think I'm entertaining. I got some good dad jokes up my sleeve. It's powerful. I mean, when, when you can have and share and make somebody laugh, I mean, sometimes that's just, that's all you need. Remembering not to take it too seriously. Like it's, right. it's terrifying when you actually think about your responsibility as a parent is to keep this living being safe and protected and breathing. You were just to hone in on that and like zero in on how big of a responsibility that is. Read books on how to do it and every, feed them every right ingredient. Like, man, you'd go crazy. You do. If I read all the books, I'm going to be the best parent. You know, it'll help. Like, more power to you. Stay educated. But, like, a book isn't going to tell you how to make a memory with your kid that you'll cherish forever. A book isn't going to tell you, give you the moments that you'll hang on to for the rest of your life. Like, that's all from within you, being you with your kid, allowing them to be themselves as well. 100%. So, as we're talking about viral dads, let, let's talk a little bit more. We said in the beginning, you just surpassed from the data's recording over 50,000 followers. And probably just a little over about a year, right? Yep, just a year. Did you expect it to get as big as it did quickly? And how did you handle that attention? No, I had no idea. I mean, obviously, I hoped and thought it was something that the world needed. To be honest, I was triggered because my social media feeds were filled with husband-hating memes and uh, just dad-shaming. And I just was kind of sick of it because I was like, like, I'm so passionate about being a dad. I've taken a lot of pride in the effort and the time I've invested in my children. And I'm better than like, just to be a pun or just a joke or a meme or a tweet. Like, and I just thought I want, I was so inspired and I just wanted to create something that shined a more positive light on all the good dads out there without dragging spouses through the mud without pinning them against each other and just really highlighted how many amazing dads are out there versus just another cargo short meme or a new balance, you know, not to say that those aren't, you know, there's just enough of that out there. I was just trying to create something different and see if it resonated with other people and know if it would take off or not. And boy, was I wrong because it it just kind of caught fire and I just have been riding the momentum of it. And I've fallen into a community. I've met really great people along the way. And I mean, meet like not face to face, but like digitally in the DMs and the groups that I consider friends. And it's a community that has allowed me a space to be myself and also meet other people going through what I'm going through that in real life, I mean, it's harder to find and it's support. I mean, it's a tremendous community that supports each other, but Anyways, I started it. I had actually toyed around with it as a different handle uh, two years ago. It was just a more general, I was making memes for fun. Mm -hmm. 
you know, it gained like a thousand followers. So I had a little bit of a base to start, but then I rebranded it when I wanted it to be from my heart, from my head, like just shining a, a brighter light on dads. And I told, I, I kept it a secret. I was like, I don't know if this is even worth sharing, but I just did it privately. And I said, when it hits 10,000 followers, I'll tell my friends, I'll put my name on it. I'll tell my wife. And, <laughs> <laughs> and she's been supportive of it. She dug it. She doesn't love it all the time. I'll say that. Like, I got to be conscious of how often I'm, I'm messaging and, you know, when I'm doing it and when I'm posting um, and mm-hmm. carried away because you can get sucked in and, and get lost. But uh, she's been by my side with all my crazy ideas uh, for many, many years. And, and I love her for that. I hope it's only the beginning. I mean, I really hope it continues to grow. I hope it continues to inspire people and help people. If just a laugh at the end of the day. I didn't know what to expect in a year. I've never done a social media page. I don't know if 50,000 is, is crazy good. I don't know if that's mediocre, but I mean, I'm, I'm proud of it. Whatever it is, I'm proud of it. Proud of the people I've and met. that's it. Stuff I've shared. And uh, I'm going to keep going as long as I can. And that's it, man. And I, I love it. And, you know, just, just within a year alone, like you, like Evan said, he didn't know if this was going to take off. He just did it because he was passionate about it. He was sick of the shit that he was seeing on a regular basis of dad shaming, of the bad dad tweets of baby data ain't baby daddy ain't nothing. And I don't need no man for my kids. He was sick of that. And that's all we see on social media. This is what I'm passionate about. And I'm not expecting anything out of it. I'm just doing it because I'm sick of seeing such negativity. It blew up. You didn't expect it. You hope for it, but you never expect it. And I think that's the big takeaway here, guys, is just going out and doing something that you love is going to pay massive dividends in the long run. And I mean, for me, even seeing 50,000 followers, I'd be like, organically, I'd probably faint a little bit. I'm not going to lie. But it's just that feeling of saying, I'm proud of what I put together. I am so proud of what I did and who I'm helping. And my wife's the same way, extremely supportive of everything I do. And I think that's a huge factor of having a very supportive relationship, of having somebody who's going to have your back and say, you got this. I'm proud of what you're doing. Yeah, I hope you don't message and DM all the time like I do, but it's having that strong support structure that's really going to propel you to do amazing things in the long run. Amen. You got to you got to have it. Takes a team. Got to have it. It takes a village, but I mean it, it I believe it takes a team and and shout out to single parents who are doing a one man team cuz that that's crazy. And I got mad respect for you. But uh, yeah, followers, it's crazy to wrap my head around. But even crazier than that is that I get the insights and the analytics and the posts itself in the past year have reached over 15 million people. And that is just just saying that and seeing that number is is wild, like blows my mind, but motivates me to utilize the platform for good. You know, we talked in the beginning that like you've got these tools and technology these days, like what are you using them for? And my, my motivation is to use them for good. So I hope I'm reaching 15 million people's little phones and I'm inspiring them in a good way, whether that's a laugh, whether that's to be more open with their feelings and their struggles, whether that's to consider being a stay at home dad, whether that's to, you know, be a better spouse, be a better person. I just, I really hope I'm utilizing it for good. Um, And you're right. We have the world at our hands. You never would have saw this 200 years ago, 100 years ago, 50 years ago. We have such great technology. We live in such a world where we could do amazing things in such a little amount of time and do massive good. 
And unfortunately, we see it negatively. We see the negativity. We see all the bad that associates with it. And we forget the good that we can do. And when you do things that you're passionate about and you love and you want to be positive and be that positive force without an ulterior motive, you can do outstanding things. Which brings me up to the next point that I want to talk to Evan because he has a lot going on his plate. Stay at home dad, viral dads, 50,000 followers, dadtrepreneur. He self-published a book as we talked in the beginning while raising his two sons in between their naps. So can you go a little bit into why you started that book and what really brought that up? Um, sure. It was as simple as I had my son. He was probably a year and a half at the time. I was probably sending an SOS text message to my wife who works a block <laughs> away and I'm a big emoji man. And I just, I saw him responding to these little yellow figures um, and faces and emotions. And I just had a light bulb about using those as a tool to teach him about feelings and about emotions. And one thing led to, I wonder if I could make an emoji ABC book. That led me to Googling self-publishing. And it was a lot harder than, you know, the concept itself was pretty (laughs) basic. um, But the work that went into it was tremendously more than I was anticipating from a writing standpoint and making it an actual story. The info's out there. It's published on Amazon. It's called H is for Happy, an emoji ABC book. And the goal of it is to teach, help teach your child how to communicate their emotions and feelings and utilize it as a tool, utilize it as an icebreaker, um, but generally just have kids be okay with discussing what they're feeling. I think that's important. And I think it's something adults even struggle with. So yeah, I've heard parents, you know, who write me or message me just saying it was a great way to break the ice and have a dialogue with my child, but also make me think about, you know, my own inner feelings and how I'm verbalizing those to other people in my life. That's awesome. And it's always, it's always weird to see, like when you hit something outside of the niche and you, you see other people resonating with something that is intended for children. And they're like, I have enough self-realization to realize I could do better myself. Like that, that's, that's such an amazing feeling. And doing this, you know, as this podcast, you know, we niche down to those new fathers, that zero to four years. I always say that first year, that's the easy year. That's, that, that's cake. Mm-hmm. It's those next three years where you really learn and you really grow and you really start to find your own. And we've talked to dads and we've had dads on this show before who are those quote unquote experienced fathers, six kids, five kids, three kids, all different ages. And just hearing them tell us, thank you for what you do and the work that you know, you've know you made me think more about my life and ways that I could rebuild is massive support, is massive. And we never really think about that. And when, when that happens, and the whole point of this is when that does happen, it just gives you that great feeling that I'm reaching more people than I thought I could have, that I could have reached. Yeah. And, it, and you know, when I started all these, I, I, I didn't set, I mean, it's probably a fault, but I didn't put a goal. Like I want to sell this many books this quarter or this many t-shirts right. this season. And I want to hit these. I just, I wanted to create something without pressure. You know, I, I come from an industry where it's like, it's all numbers. Right. Organically, grassroots. I wanted to put something and create some things out and just see if it stuck. And if it, if one kid loved the book I wrote, oh, it's all that matters. What I've ever imagined in my life. And if, you know, 10 people thought a meme I made is funny, that's 10 more than I would have ever imagined in my life. And 
just approaching it from a very humble standpoint and not take, you know, hoping it does well, hoping I touch millions of people, billions of people, but not stressing out, not creating something I'm not stressing out about was also important. You know, I like that it's, it's fun. I've created things that I'm passionate about, but, and I wake up excited about, but you're not waking up every day, checking the bank account to see if you got another $10,000 sale. You're not, you're not chasing that almighty dollar. You're doing something that you, that you passionately love. And as an entrepreneur at any level, I think that's the main goal is just to do something you love and not chase that almighty dollar. If you do it with your heart and you do it with gratitude and passion and love, the money comes. It, it's going out there and just doing something you love and not having that fear of money. And we've talked as a dad, having that fear of money and that scarcity of a dollar. I, I had a lot of those limiting beliefs, being able to say, I'm doing something that's touching you know, that's helping one person. One dad might, might've only liked my meme all day, but that's one dad that I, that I reached. Yeah. That's one kid that I helped. And I'm going through that right now with telling my son, you know, use your words, tell us your feelings, stuff like that. And, you know, he's babbling a lot like I do after a couple beers, but it's getting into that routine now of, okay, use your feelings. These are your feelings. This is happy. This is sad. And really trying to resonate that completely. Simon, Simon Sinek, I could be wrong, but uh, the book, Start With Why. And I just think even if you don't read that book, but just the concept of like, if you're trying to start something, if you're trying to build something, remember why you're doing it and, and right. working on that often. You know, why did I write a children's book? I wrote it because I thought it was important for kids to learn it's okay to be every emotion in there and not be ashamed when you're sad and to be okay with labeling your emotions and talking about all of them, good and bad. And it's just everything I've started has been, I call them passion projects. I, I, I'm hesitant to call them business, like, because I don't think they're businesses. They're things I'm passionate about. They're projects that I love working on, that I believe in. Ideally, I'd love them to turn into full-fledged businesses that can support, you know, me and my family for years to come. Um, that would be a tremendous. I think changing the, the negative feeling of business to passion because running a passion this is my passion but at the end of the day podcasting is my business and by doing what i love i'm putting my heart and soul into it and that's what at the end of the day guys that's what you need to take away is put your heart and soul in something don't feel that negative connotation of money cannot support a passion because it can just don't chase that almighty dollar because you're going to let yourself down you're going to let more people down but just go out there, chase that passion, and just thrive on what you do. And you're going to feel so much better because of it. Amen. We got quite a bit more for Evan here today before we wrap up this episode. Can you give us a quick overview of the good human today that you started with your wife? And how has that strengthened your relationship between the two of you since you started that? It's been a fun, I, you know, I, I heard the question, but we butted heads a little bit on it. Uh <laughs> being open and transparent but going into a venture this that was the only one that her and i have done together um and i can see why people you know, recommend against it or are hesitant to start businesses with family because i mean it gets serious and you have hard conversations and it's hard to separate your life from this you know ideas and uh, was inspired by what she would say every day when she left for work you know, she would say goodbye to us and she'd say, be good humans today. And for three years, she would say that. And it stuck with me. It's just a motto that we try and live by day to day, every day, waking up, just trying to be good humans to each other. 
And when my son went to preschool, that was a scary little time for me. And I'd wanted him to take that with him. And I made it a patch. Even though he couldn't read, it was just something, a, a little memento. And almost immediately, people, teachers, parents saw it and asked, what is it? I love that. Just based on people's response to it, I made some more stickers. I just printed that little logo on some stickers and I carried them around. And when people would acknowledge it or say, I dig that, I'd give them a sticker. One thing led to another. Somebody asked for a shirt. And I was like, man, if one person wants a shirt, let's make some shirts. I've never done a clothing brand. I looked up and Googled all this and that and stayed up late watching YouTube. And like, Google's the best business partner, man. (laughs) YouTube and Google all day. I don't think there's one thing you can't learn about that isn't on the internet somewhere. And I love that. If you're hungry and you got an idea, open your laptop and start searching forums and YouTube videos. But yeah, and I just, I dove right in and set up a website, had I put it on some shirts. It's been an amazing thing to see. We give free stickers out. So the the mantra that I kind of put towards it is kindness is free and so are our stickers. So anybody can mail into our PO box. If you go to goodhumantoday.com, uh, you can learn more on the PO, the PO address just to send an envelope. I'll send you some stickers. You can just spread the vibe. We all need a little reminder and that's just the purpose, just a, a little simple reminder to bring out the good in people, especially this day and age. It's such a busy world that you're right. We just forget to be so kind. We get stuck in traffic. We get road rage. We something bad happened at work. We got a negative email and it just, we forget that kindness kills. Being a good human is, I love that mantra. And when I you know, started researching it and started going into it, I, I started falling in love with it because it, it's five simple words that have huge impact. Just be a good human today. And it's so gratifying. And it's interesting. And all, I mean, I hate to say by design, but like, I, I don't like defining it. I love hearing how people interpret it. And I like that people have to kind of come to their own definition of what that means. And, and what it means to me might mean something different to you. Right. If they see it slapped up on a sign somewhere and they're having a bad day, or it just might spark a little reminder that we're all human, we're all here. You don't have to be a perfect human, but I mean, it's not hard to just be a good human to someone, do something small. Buy a coffee from the guy behind you. That's it. Easy to make someone's day. <laughs> Make the effort to think like that or to do that. I would just love to to regain that sense of making kind cool again or make it just normal. Like, <laughs> like can we all be nice to each other? Wouldn't that be something? That's it, guys. Just wake up and just be a good human that day. Tell yourself, and you're going to set yourself in a better mindset just by saying those five simple words. However it resonates with you, that's your interpretation. But just take it and run with it. You're going to build those small steps one day at a time, one step at a time. It's funny. I'm like wearing it or what it means. But a a buddy of mine, his wife, she ordered a a t-shirt, but she's like, you know, I I wear it. But when I wear it, like, I kind of feel like, like this pressure to be like, really good. And and I'm like, well, that's kind of the point. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) it is meant to like, make you think about your actions that day and inspire others to do the same. It's not meant to make you feel uncomfortable, but it's meant to just remind you meant that it was powerful enough to where she had a reaction to it and it inspired her to to live better than she normally would. I love it. So we have just a few more questions for Evan here today. Viral dad, H is for happy emoji book, be a good human today. He's got so much as a dadpreneur, crushing it, going out there, building his passion projects, just building a good life as a stay-at-home dad, raising his kids, doing what he believes is right not letting his failures or his weaknesses dictate who he is as a dad, taking his successes, running with them, becoming strong, 
becoming better every single day. That's all it takes, guys. Like we've talked about in many episodes prior, taking what you have, running with it, knowing that you're doing the best damn that you could that day, that your failures, even if you have a failure, you believe it's a failure, you can turn that into a strength. You could become better. You can become stronger. You could just do so much. So Evan, as a father, when do you feel like we've approved, like we have improved enough as a dad to accept who we are on the inside? When do we feel like we've improved enough to accept who we are? That's an interesting question. I don't think, I mean, accepting who we are. I think it's important for everybody to try and be self-aware about who they are and who they want to be and where they're at in that journey. I think accepting it is, you know, different than settling or saying I've discovered who I am and I'm good with that and then being done and saying I've reached this point and I'm okay with that. I think we should always strive to do better and challenge ourselves and and not get comfortable because when you're getting comfortable, it feels good, but you're not growing, you know, and, Mm -hmm. but I think, you know, constantly just improving is a good thing. It should never stop. And I think you should accept that the more you try to improve yourself, the better you're going to be. And don't expect perfection. Don't uh, hold yourself to an unrealistic goal, but think about the person you want to be and strive to get there. Um, I met somebody and shared some messages with somebody this year. And, you know, I asked, uh, what are some tools that he's used along his journey? And he said he actually, he had somebody, he told me to write out my obituary. Um, And it's a very morbid little practice, but he said, if you were to die, what would you want it to read? And he said to look at that every day as a reminder of the end goal of if if you could accomplish your wildest dreams and be remembered and have a legacy, what would that be? And then on a daily basis, you're a little bit reminded and nudged to take steps towards that, Um, not accomplish it in one day. Every morning you wake up, it's, it's a day that's never been touched. That is extremely powerful. That, that is so extremely powerful. I mean, that, that right there is the, to me, that's the pinnacle of self, self-awareness. What do you want your obituary to say? Take 10 minutes, take 15 minutes, write it down. What legacy do you want to leave behind at the end of the day? It may seem morbid, but it's probably going to open up a world to you that you've never seen before. Yeah. Even just thinking about it, even it, as a thought right now, yeah. even just as we're talking and we're thinking about it in our own heads, like what, is that, what does that paragraph sound like? That's exactly what I was doing when you said it. <laughs> Thinking about it and just digging deep in your own soul. It's a powerful little exercise and hats off to him for sharing that with me. Love it. So we're going to wrap this all up here. Do you have a call to action for our listeners today? Or what, what's the one thing that you want our listeners to take away today from this whole, from this whole thing? Listen to your gut. You know, Consider the option of being a stay-at-home dad if that's something that's bouncing around. Don't say no right away. Don't be afraid to start things that excite you. Be willing to get uncomfortable. Be willing just to take a little criticism, but have the strength to kind of just take pride in it because it's something you see as important. It's easier said than done, but just go for it and uh, know that just by the fact you're going for it is more than millions of people have done. Like I said earlier, everybody's got little ideas and don't be afraid to fail. One of my favorite quotes is Michael Jordan. You know, I can accept failure. I can't accept not trying. It's such a great quote. I love it too. And hit me up if anybody has any questions. Like I said, I want to be a 
a dadvocate, so to speak. I want to help dads. I want to help anybody who's going through a rough patch and help them feel less alone. So I just uh, I rebranded my personal Instagram. It's This American Dad. Give me a follow. I'm going to be working on opening up my life more and more. So there you go, guys. You could find them at Viral Dads. And I'm sorry, what was your other Instagram handle again? Uh, this American Dad. This American Dad. You can find that all on Instagram. You could find his book, H is for Happy, the emoji A to Z book on Amazon. You could find goodhumantoday.com. Thank you. You could find all that and all the brain fart. This is the longest interview we've done, boys. <laughs> this is a marathon for me today. You could find all those links in the description of this of this podcast today. We're gonna we're gonna do that for Evan here. You could reach out. There's always somebody out there for you guys at the end of the day. So you don't have to fight this battle alone, like we always say. So, Evan, to wrap this all up, fearless father style, in your own words, what does it mean to you to be a fearless father? With all due respect, I think it's an oxymoron. <laughs> love it. I like the question. I love the attitude. But I think being a dad is one of the scariest things anybody can ever do and being a parent in general. And if you don't have fear in the least bit, you know, I'm going to call you a liar, (laughs) first of all. And I'm going to think you don't care enough about the responsibility of being a dad, because I think it is completely normal to have fears, to be afraid, to be up at night, to be scared. But I think a fearless father looks those in the eyes and finds a way to tackle those challenges and not give up and not take the easy route. It's hard to be a good dad and it's really easy to be a deadbeat dad. I love it. I love it. First time somebody's told me I'm an oxymoron. Thank you for that. Thank you. I want to just say thank you so much. I mean, I really do appreciate it. I love talking about fatherhood. You know, nothing I say is gospel. It's just chopping it up with another dad. I really enjoyed it. So thank you, Dave. And it is my pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure. Reach out, reach out anytime if you need anything. I appreciate it, brother. I appreciate it so much. So I want to thank you guys for joining us today on the Fearless Fathers podcast. Evan dropped so much value for you guys today. Take what resonated for you. Start working that every single day to grow stronger, to grow fearless, and just take those fears that you have and just combat them and find the way to be the best damn dad you know you can be. Support us any way you can. We have a website. Check us out, fearlessfathers.net. Head over to our shop. You can find t-shirts, mugs. You can find stickers, all that stuff. You can find out who me and Ryan are, why we do what we do. You could find past episodes of our podcast. You could drop us a line. If you want to be a guest on this show, hit us up. We love talking dad stuff. We love finding out what makes a father fearless, what they fight for every day for their kids. We are not in this fight alone. We are stronger than ever before. Let's not suffer in silence anymore. Let's let our voices be loud. Let's grow. Let's become totally fearless. Your children learn and grow every single day. Just because you're an adult does not mean you can't do the same together we're going to become fearless thank you for listening thank you viral dads for being on thank you guys 